think that's very ambitious to do a full edit in just a day. Yeah, it's dumb. <laughs> of four people. I blame Jaren. I blame myself as well. Good, we're on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Anything Joe's, a collaborative journey through the world of G.I. Joe. My name is Greg Engel. And I'm Jaron Decker. And we'll be your host today. Today on Anything Joe's, we have two very special guests that have joined us in the studio. Our first special guest ever, it's Jason and Joel <laughs> from Order of Battle. Why are you guys both laughing? This is why we don't use cameras. I gotta say, you you really you really switched on the professional broadcaster voice at the drop of a hat. That was, that was very impressive. No more casual, Greg. It's time for professional, Greg. Guys, thanks for coming on the show. We've never done an interview before, so it should be extremely professional, and there will probably be no issues whatsoever with it. <laughs> 100% professional questions. So we don't really have a itinerary, so we're just going to kind of go with the flow, and I'm going to talk to you guys about your collection a little bit, and uh, we'll just see where it takes us. So where do we begin? Let's talk a little bit about how you guys collect, because the two of you collect Joes in kind of radically different ways from one another which i think is good because you get to see two sides of the coin essentially as the only dude here that really aggressively collects both vintage and modern it's i think it's interesting to hear what appeals to each one of you individually do you guys both know off the top of your head what the first the very first figure you got was not even a little bit you don't know what your first figure no i can't remember the first figure i got i remember uh, one of the first figures I loved was actually a core figure. I can tell you when I started buying my own uh, Joe's a little bit probably later than I should have been. I got it was a Spy Troops Dusty that came with some sort of weird Cobra Trooper that had like clip-on gear, and he came with this like ghillie suit. But I just essentially put the ghillie suit on Dusty, and he was just like my guy. But that was in the first batch because they, I mean, they were cheap. And I, I used whatever pocket money I had. I bought a few. But I remember that was in the first batch because of the ghillie suit. Had you seen the Spy Troops movie around that time? The only media I had tied into it was when I kept collecting, they gave those computer DVDs. And I remember, like, they did not work very well. I, I don't know if it was my parents' desktop computer wasn't that great or the discs weren't that great or a combination of both. But, like, I was obsessed with hunting those down and trying to get that media yeah i i think i have one of these in my collection if i remember correctly it's sort of like a it was like a motion comic right i wish i could tell you i don't <laughs> i don't remember i'm i'm looking at this dusty now and i guess the disc says two cartoon episodes a pc game and a digital comic book but i can't remember if the digital comic book was an original thing or something that they just like scanned in but you're right they were it was pretty rough even at this time I don't remember what two. I, I don't know if that's the original cartoon episode. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's in the weird. It's it's like Spy Troops era animation. It's like weird 3D sort of like it, it's not Sunbow or anything. It's mm. from that media time. 
Have you seen the Spy Troops movie since then? I have about eight copies of it, and not <laughs> and not a not a single one, not a single one will play all the way through. And I bought three of them sealed. It's almost like it's trying to do you a favor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can tell you from the the bits that I've seen and skipped and whatever. I mean, the movie is whew, not good. Yeah, it's rough. Spy Troops, I don't remember very well, but Valor versus the Valor versus Venom movie, I feel like I know pretty significant details about i don't know why it's more memorable because it's awful <laughs> <laughs> maybe because it has because it has dr link talbot in it baby the man the myth the legend okay sorry i went on a little detour there just because spy troops the movie is fascinating to me because it's so it came out at such an odd time all right so what about first figure aside what's your favorite figure i know a lot of the figures i had as a kid or i have a in general idea of who I had as a kid. I just can't remember my first. And I don't collect out of pure nostalgia, so that's never been an issue. But one of my favorite characters has been Roadblock since I was a kid, and he is my current only real focus figure in terms of buying mock or getting the complete run of Roadblocks. How many Roadblocks are there? Roadblock was one of the three uh, most versioned figures in 82 to 94 a it was snake eyes and then cobra commander and roadblock were the same so you're talking about version one and then 86 tiger force recalled re-release uh battle core and then the and then two star brigades and of course the the 94 star brigade also had the the grenade variant so keep going Tell me about Roadblock version eight. Let's see. Can you list them all? I just did. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Road. Oh, that's right. I forgot. That's not, okay. So that's not fair. So you've made it known that you don't collect modern figures at all. I quit buying modern when a just wouldn't play with them. We would crack one open. He would play with it for a day, maybe two, and it'd get tossed in a box, and he would go back to vintage. And so just trying to balance money. If we're both collecting vintage, that's an easier purchase than trying to do the whole run you know ultimately whenever i first started doing this i was willing to go 82 you know all the way to at that point current so you only define vintage as the stuff that came out in the original run and the clarification on that being like if you look at these roadblocks which i am now there are i mean i don't know what you classify them as other than i mean now i kind of call it joel's era but from like 2002 to like 2007, <laughs> there's some in betweens. Like there's, I mean, they made O-ring figures, so it's not the new sculpt era. We've always classified, and we being A and I, 82 to 94 is A-raw. 97 to 2006, we always call the middle years because there's Valor versus Venom, there's Spy Troops, there's Built to Rule, there's uh, whatever. So that's just the middle years. And then 2006 to current is the modern era is what we call them. I know there's a lot of variations between 25th and 30th and etc. To us, it's just the modern era and the middle years. Our focus is the A-Raw years. We will dip our toes beyond that, but not in any grand scheme. If it comes across us, sure. But the focus kind of ends at 94 at the moment. Maybe at some point we'll move beyond that. I want to ask you a question that I asked A earlier that he didn't have a clear answer to. So your collecting style, uh, as you've laid out, is you are kind of working on two vintage collections simultaneously. Kind of. You're looking for a collection that's complete and it's like a display collection, more or less. Like your actual quote-unquote collection. And then you have a separate set, same stuff, but for playability. Is that a fairly accurate representation? 
when a dropped transformers and was like i don't want transformers anymore i've never cared about lego please quit buying it for me let's just focus on gi joe that's when i started getting heavy into making sure that we had a lot of playable items and he was very quickly like i want all of 83 i want all of 84 i want all of 85 and the money follows the interest so i wasn't overly playing you know so most of the stuff that i was looking at was kind of display worthy but we started doing Playworthy too. We don't have a his or my collection. The whole collection is ours. Some of it's display only, some of it's play. Uh, some of it kind of blurs the line. Um, now, that's wildly ambitious and expensive. And there's certain points of that where that falls apart. We don't need six or I guess five steel brigades for play. He has a steel brigade D. We don't need two Playworthy Stardusters. He has a beater Starduster to play with. Uh, everything else will be display. He doesn't play with 82 at all, so all of our 82 is just strictly display. But I'm not necessarily chasing two full sets that is psychotically ambitious. <laughs> at least at this point, right? Like if, I'd, if I had continued buying in the early 90s or in 2000 when I first got back into collecting toys again and had to stop, you know, maybe that would be feasible. But now it's a little heavy. So we are... I mean, we're 80% done with the line with a lot of duplicates and crossover between play and display. Where we'll go from here is just where, you know, what pops up, what's of interest, what keeps his interest. We keep also having tangents of mask, six-inch Star Wars Black Series, Sky Commanders, you know. <laughs> so you said that you guys don't play with 82 at all. Is that a decision for preservation's sake where you're just like, there are no beaters of these figures stay away well i my my 82 line is pretty clean i had three versions of 82 i kept the best version i sold off the other two and they re-released all of 82 in 83 with swivel arm which we have you know a nice display 80 83 set and a play 83 set so there's no point in playing with the 82 okay so this brings me back to my source question when i uh, and there's there'll be a bit later where i talk to a <laughs> it's just me and him. But my question for him was, you've got two sets that you're working on simultaneously. And how many figures do you have in that set that are complete display figures that you don't have a play figure of? And A, to his credit, knows, I mean, the ins and outs of Ural's personal collection. I mean, like, above and beyond. He started talking about variants, and I was like, buddy, I'm going to have to get a guide or something out because I don't, I can't, <laughs> I can't keep up with what you're talking about right now. So, so my question for him was, and he rattled off a couple of figures that you guys have in your display collection that you don't have a play figure of. And the one, I don't know why he picked this one specifically, but he was like Heat Viper V2, the green and black one. So I was like, okay, so let's say you come up with a story and it requires a Heat Viper V2. If you go to your dad and go, hey, I need to play, I got to use a Heat Viper V2, but we don't have a play one can i use this one what's your response to that well it's a heat viper v2 so i would be real surprised if we had to display one at all <laughs> so i'm gonna have to take him at his word for it also it's a heat viper v2 he can have it it's fine <laughs> um, <laughs> at the same token if he said can i play with the gold head steel brigade i'm reluctant because of the cost of it but i'm also not a hard no because I know how he takes care of his figures. Mm -hmm. 
You know what I mean? We have we have a Mickey Mouse cover commander because that was something he wanted when he was six. And I made a very in my favor trade, got one and handed it to him. And he did the, as all six year olds do, the false faint three times and then he went and put it on the shelf. <laughs> so it's never been off limits to him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he's played with our Star Blazers or Space Battleship Yamoto bridge multiple times. That's from 1978. I'm not going to be able to replace that easily if that ever breaks. He's just, he's good with these things. He's fine. I'll chime in because we had like this fun project that we did back and forth where I was completing the modern clubs, foreign Sky Patrol guys, and it actually kind of tied in with, with Jason buying the vintage because he wanted to pair... Uh, I believe it was actually A's idea. He wanted to pair the Flying Scorpion with the the SDCC exclusive, like, Cobra-fied Sky Striker. And, you know, I don't know a lot about vintage stuff other than if it's foreign, it's certainly expensive. And him and I spent, I'm not kidding, hours talking about hunting these figures down because neither are easy. My side was significantly easier than his. But specifically with Flying Scorpion, my, like... It was goofy because, like, we, like uh, my wife bought it for me for my birthday, and she accidentally threw the file card away. Oh. Full disclosure, the guy who packed it, like, packed it in a weird way, and he, like, st- he, like stashed the file card in between packing material and the box. Mm. It was kind of blended in with what should have been thrown away. But when he got his Flying Scorpion, I was on the phone with him, and A came in, and he was really excited, and he's like, all right. And I didn't see it, but I could hear him, like... <laughs> Almost coddle it like a baby and set it and, and set it inside of the Sky Striker. Close the canopy. He was like, "Now this is a special figure because it's definitely a display figure, but he's flying the Sky Striker, so it's it's kind of like safe play." And then I literally hear him run off in the background, flying the Sky Striker. So it, <laughs> yeah, it's his you know his knowledge and his like. I mean, let's face it, the guy the kid plays with mask toys, which are like famously finicky well i had this idea that it would be cool to get all nine domestic release sky strikers between mm-hmm. version one all the way through the club stuff and the sdc stuff and i also have the fun school so there's we have 10 i'm still chasing some of the foreigns but the prices have gotten a bit out of control and i don't want to pay 700 bucks and crack open a minty fresh takara so as we were completing those sky strikers he and i were on a walk we were talking about who would be the different pilots for such. And so we got the 98, I think, the the black uniform ace to go with the boomer. And then the other aces to go with a couple others. And we had a couple vehicles left and we were just talking about it. And he was the one that said, you know, who would pair well with the Scythe and Starscream would be the Brazilian Sky Patrol, Black Scorpion, and... I don't even remember his name anymore. The other one. <laughs> uh, the Vulture, Black Vulture. It's Flying Scorpion and Black Vulture. Yes, thank you. And we don't do modern, so I went, are you talking about Brazilian figures? And he was like, yeah, on Yojo Brazil. And so we have all four of the Brazilian Sky Patrol, and they are in his bedroom, two foot from where he sleeps, standing next to the Sky Strikers. <laughs> we do have one extra of the Aguia Commando, which is the blue and silver one. But the others, I mean, he just, he plays with them. (laughs) So, yes, to your question, display is meant to be just display, but this is the beast I've created. It's the suggestion, not the rule. 
Right. Certainly if someone in my family came up and went, hey, I'd like to get a black scorpion or flying scorpion, the, <laughs> the original vintage, I'd be like, well, I want you to go to college also, so <laughs> prioritize appropriately. <laughs> I thought I blocked Yojo Brazil from you <laughs> for our internet. <laughs> I got some great help to get those. It wasn't, you know. Black market dealings, I understand. Sure. I I sold plasma. <laughs> <laughs> Let me piggyback off that for a second, Jaron, because when we were talking earlier about how devil may care you are about stuff that you buy and then filming outdoors with it. Is your mentality on it, I bought it and I'm going to play with it? Or are you just so new at this you don't realize that you're playing with, you're basically ripping your money in half every time you put them in the mud? <laughs> no, I I make a very conscious effort to not buy anything on card because I'm going to rip it open. Like if it's, you know, like I have this Chuckles and he will never be removed from the card. That's why I have this Chuckles so that if I want to play with the Chuckles, I have it. Um I will never buy, that'll be the only on-card actual G.I. Joe that I probably ever have. Um, but no, I mean, to me it is, I, I bought it and I'm, I'm going to play with it. Like, it is a toy. And the way I see it is I missed a lot of time with it that a lot of other people had. I don't have those memories as a child playing with it, so I'm going to make those memories now. So, Do you teach your kids to how to play with vintage toys? Do you do the, like... Like, this is something that I started with A when he was like three and a half years old, was the vigorous but not destructive play. No, I haven't started any of that, man. We, But then we also, they don't they don't touch my Joes. I have Joes for them. Um, and then, like, if, if he came down and he saw one that I have that's in okay shape, I'm going to let him play with it. But if he comes down and is like, hey, you know, I want to play with Cobra Commander, I'm like, no, not yet. <laughs> you know, you're going you're gonna to have to learn, you know, because, yeah, I do take it outside, but I am still careful with we it. We all want things, you young know? man, and it's good that you learn disappointment early in your life. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, even though I am playing with those in the mud or taking pictures, I'm still very careful when I'm doing it. You know, I'm getting more dirty than the figure is. I'll be down on my hands and knees, you know, trying to make sure it doesn't fall over and making sure that, and then clean it after I get it out. I'm trying not to ruin them because I would like them to last because I don't have to pay for these things again because I can't imagine they're getting any cheaper. Kind of captured my mentality perfectly and it's like, you bought the figure, so honestly, do whatever you want with it. You know, like, honestly, if you wanted to strap, you know, a pack of firecrackers to an 83 Snake Eyes, <laughs> hey, it's your it's it's your money. It's your decision. You bought the figure. Do whatever you want with it. It's nobody's business. So I might have some limits there. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not saying I would do that. I'm not suggesting to do that. Come on, Cobra Commander. Let's but go. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, as an extreme example, obviously. But like, you know, no, yeah. I think people get a little too, especially in collecting. I mean, because obviously, you know, if, if you're if you're into collecting, you know the price range of most things. But I think people get a little mm -hmm. too hung up on what other people do with their collections. And and I'm not yeah. saying that in reflection to the question you asked. I'm just saying, in general, I, I see a lot of stuff online that's just like, well, worry about it if it's in your collection. Don't worry about it if it's in somebody else's collection. Like, it's not it's none of your business what anybody else does with their property. If, if you didn't want my Cobra Commander to be in the mud, you should have bought it before I did. <laughs> Precisely. Because <laughs> it's going in the I mud. I placed a bid on it, Jaron. I can't help it that I was working when it ended. This actually, actually, this is something that I kind of, 
face up with a lot is that if I buy something that's a high-priced item, like my FSS set is a perfect example, I it really is like very difficult for me to open that stuff up because even though I don't, in my mind, I'm like, I probably will never, ever resell this, that you know that the that the value is held in that, you know, the condition of that packaging. And so uh, every time I get something like that, it, it almost is like a disappointment because I'll get it and then go, eh, I'm probably never going to be able to convince myself to open this. So there's a certain price point where things get a little, they get a little wiggly for me where I'm like, I don't know if I can do that. That's why I try to buy a lot of stuff open when I can because then all the like guesswork is done for me. When I was doing the modern, you know, I jumped into FSS. I think, Joel, we talked about it. It was five that I jumped into. I believe it was five yeah. because I was hoping you had four and we're going to sell some to me, but you're not, <laughs> selling, you're not selling any to me, and I believe you started well, with five. The point was that, so I started with five, and we would open them, and he would play with them for like a day, and then they'd go in a box, and I have all the equipment bagged and named, you know, just in case at some point he either wants to play with it or I decide to get rid of it. By FSS 7, half of that line he didn't even open. So I still have those sealed. Not even open to the point where they're in the two-pack mailer box. No, they're not in the mailer box anymore because I used those mailer boxes for uh, other things. But, I mean, I still have, you know, half of FSS7 sealed just simply because he never opened it. He really couldn't care at all. Like, it's just, it's not even, like, put away. He can he sees it every day, and he just chooses not to engage at all. So our disconcern of modern has nothing to do with me, other than my wallet is happy that he doesn't like it. I'm going to, you better hold on to that wallet. I'm going to get him on the modern train at some point. There's just there's so many great characters he's missing out on. I, I, I don't think you're wrong. And, in fact, he didn't care at all, at all about Star Wars until three months ago and I took him to every Star Wars movie because I didn't want him to be an adult and be like why didn't you take me to that and so now he plays with some Star Wars six inch black series but even our four inch black series Star Wars figures are in the same box with all the modern Joes just doesn't care I don't know why I can I can hook him up with a guy that needs to get rid of his Star Wars stuff real cheap. <laughs> <laughs> he only collects Power of the Force carded figures like an insane person. <laughs> Got a couple. I don't know if the camera can pick them up. There's a few back there. No, they can't. Sorry, bud. <laughs> the camera. I've got the rest of them. I've got, a, I've got an anti-Star Wars filter on all cameras and stuff through this network. <laughs> Yeah. So for for whatever he's into, I just the money follows him and that's fine with me. Let's take a quick break here, and I'm going to jump over and talk to A for just a couple of minutes. All right. A, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining us here. Well, I say us, but it's really just me and you, isn't it? Finally, you're out underneath the corporate umbrella of your father, and you don't have to worry about him censoring you and editing all your speech. So you got a bunch of stuff for your birthday, right, recently? What, what did you get? Again, the Sky... Commanders. Sky Commanders. So, what's your thought process on those? Are you still playing with them a lot? I would be an idiot if I, if I wasn't. <laughs> I am not familiar with Sky Commanders at all. I saw the, I looked at the cartoon, and I kind of looked at the figures to get a feel for it. But And I saw that you had them, like, kind of... They string around a lot, right? That's kind of their gimmick, is they got yeah. zip lines that go back and forth. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. I can imagine that that is a toy that, over the years is hard to keep in good shape because of that. Like people were just stringing them across their living room all the time. Mm, I don't know. Mm. 
I don't know. I've never I've never seen one, so. Uh, but I thought they looked really cool. I have a bunch of them. They're really cool. Do you guys have a whole set of those already? We have all the Cardi guys, all the bad guys, which there's only four bad guys, which makes absolutely no sense, and there's like 20 other good guys. Maybe they're just really efficient. They're really, really good at what they do. I've actually seen the cartoon. They just get beat up. I want to watch the cartoon. I think I'll probably put it on my like list of things to watch. I want to I want to talk to you about your girls' GI Joe collection a little bit. You guys have always been collecting vintage figures. Is that right? You don't yeah. have you don't have any modern stuff at all. I actually do a little, but not much. Is what is it about the vintage line specifically that's like so appealing to you as compared to like the modern figures? Because the modern figures, I feel like, are a little bit more. Uh, they have better detail. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I don't know. I just don't play with modern. I play with six inch. I play with three and three quarter. But I just don't play with four inch. I don't know why. Do you remember what like your maybe not your earliest memory, but do you remember when you first started playing with GI Joes? Yep. What was it about them at that time that was so interesting? Obviously, your dad's got a big stake in them, and I I get that that's a big pull because I was just a, when I was a kid, my brother who was like seven years older than me. He kind of decided what I was into because I looked up to him. So if he, he played with G.I. Joe's, so I liked G.I. Joe's. He liked wrestling figures. I liked wrestling figures. Was it kind of like that? No. It was more like he showed me to see if I would play with it. Yeah. That's is kind of my hope for my kid as she gets older is that she'll be into them. And that's something that we can kind of share together. But it's you're kind of an uncommon trend because we don't get to see a lot of kids that are getting into G.I. Joe for the first time. Closest thing I've seen to a kid getting into G.I. Joe is Jaren. (laughs) 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 So I think it's interesting to talk to somebody that's young that's into it because it doesn't click with a younger audience uh, as like it used to when I was a kid. Do you have a favorite G.I. Joe character? It's easily Sergeant Slaughter. Somehow I'm not surprised by that. I saw a thing in the news this week where Sarge was talking about how uh, when he was first getting signed on to be uh, in G.I. Joe, there was like a big, it was like a big conflict with the WWE. It was called the WWF back then. And they didn't want to let him out of it. He was like, we just signed a deal with LJN and they're going to make wrestling figures. You can't go to Hasbro and do this. And the Sarge was like, well, I'm going to do it or I'm going to quit wrestling, which is a crazy thing because at that time wrestling was like, the biggest thing. So walking away from a, a fairly lucrative career to just so you could be a GI Joe is is pretty wild. But I thought that was a cool story. Yeah, he told that story at Joe Fest at the Slaughter Breakfast. I think that's real cool. Uh, I love the Sarge. When I was a kid, and they used to show the cartoon, as there was a certain era where Sarge would be at the front of every episode, and we'd kind of talk about it. And then they started integrating him into the commercials as well. So he really became like. A super familiar face. I remember mailing. I didn't own a Triple T as a kid, but I did. They did have a Mailaway Sarge yeah. that I had and played with him like crazy. I used to have a friend who would always compare the size of the bicep of every GI Joe, and the and the figure that had the largest bicep in his mind was like, well, he's the strongest because he's got the biggest bicep. And so it's because of this guy that I remember specifically that Sarge's biceps are huge compared to other vintage figures of that time. I, it's I, it's a weird fact, but... <laughs> Big Boa is the other character. Big Boa is the other character that has huge arms. Maybe it's just because they're both bare arms. They made them like that, but... And Road Pig. Oh, yeah, Road Pig does. Another guy with yeah. no shirt. That's up, there must be something to that. Do you have a memory? Do you have, like, a favorite Sarge memory? Like, not necessarily a real-life memory, because I met him as well, and I'm sure... That just like when you did, it was a huge deal. 
But when I think about like great Sarge moments, I think about that like his very first appearance where he fights all those bats and he's like throws them all off. I think that's a pretty great. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And the part where he fights Nemesis Enforcer is also another good kind of iconic moment yeah. for Sarge. It kind of sucks because Sarge came in right at the like the end of the really good cartoons, so he was in like the later seasons that are the Deke. Yeah, have you watched a lot of those? I if you're listening to this, please don't. Hate me forever, but I like Deke more than Sumbo. Uh, Tim Finn from Talking Joe is also a very outspoken fan of the Deke era cartoon. Thank you. I, I mean, I don't. I have no issues with it. I, do, I think the Deke era stuff is is very funny, uh, sometimes unintentionally. And I remember when it was. It used to air at just the worst time. I think I would if I would wake up to go to school and it would be airing at like. 5.30 in the morning or something. Like, it was just that it had the worst, like, block to air. So I never got to see a lot of them when they were on, actually on TV. I saw a couple of them. And then they put out that VHS tape with Rapid Fire, which was the Revenge of the Pharaohs episode, which is the one where they're doing something with the Egyptian thing, and the big helmet gets knocked off and hits a night creeper. He thinks he's a pharaoh. He captures Lady J. Anyway, I watched that episode um, yeah. tons of times because I, that was one of the only episodes I actually had on tape. It wasn't until way, way later, like maybe when the DVDs came out, that I was actually able to see the entirety of the series. Yeah, I remember that episode. It's a good episode. It's a good episode, maybe because I've seen it so much. But I, I love that pack. And Rapid Fire, a figure that gets no respect across the board, is a figure that I love tremendously. Yeah, he's just a repainted Super Trooper. That guy in Super Trooper's awesome. Oh, Super Trooper is awesome. That's another figure that I love. Because he's got big biceps. I used to love that vest. And I don't remember if it was supposed to or not, but at some point that I think the glue weakened and that you could pull that chest apart on yeah. both of those guys. On on my super trooper, which is actually out right now, I can take the front chest plate off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love both of those guys. Um, okay, so Sarge is your favorite Joe. Who's your favorite Cobra? Mm, I don't know. You don't have a favorite? No, in Terra Slaughter. Definitely in Terra <laughs> Slaughter. He's a custom figure. That's left. I've seen that. Um, well, it's good to keep it. All Sergeant, our Sergeant Slaughter focused. Yeah, I actually, um, my favorite Sergeant Slaughter is the mail-away one. I I also have a sealed one, and I have both variations. Is that the USA one? Yeah. That's the one that I had as well as a kid uh, that I used to love. There's a variation in the USA. Thick or thin? Thick or thin? <laughs> Thick or thin what? USA. Oh, I see, the lettering. Okay, okay. I didn't know that. I, yeah. There are not a lot of variations that I uh, actively, because there's so many, it's hard to narrow your focus on what you want. I got the Zorana that has the earrings, because I think that's a cool variation. And I have the Lifeline that doesn't have the gun, the one that was in the cereal box. I think that's a cool variation. After that, it gets a little iffy. Yeah, but, but the reason we can't find the leg variant, because it's not a variant. It's a pre-production. Oh, that's a whole other can of worms. Yeah. Okay, so we got your favorite Joe and Cobra combined. What's your favorite vehicle? If you know me, you probably know it's the Hammer. The Hammer is a good choice and an unusual choice. Great vehicle. Good. It's got like a good paint scheme. It's got a lot of cool accessibility. It's not too outlandish. It's like grounded a lot in reality. I like that a lot. It's kind of like a supersized vamp, sort of. Yeah. Better than the old Badger, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, Jaren. I actually got a Badger within the last week and a half. I've never had one before, but I got it in a, a deal. This dude was selling like two vehicles that I wanted, and he had this, so I picked it up. And I have to say, having it in hand, it's not a bad vehicle at all. It's actually pretty cool. Yeah, I 
actually bought one at Joe Fest. Yeah, I wish the paint scheme was a little different, but uh, otherwise I think it's pretty cool. But still, the hammer's way better. So, the hammer's your favorite vehicle. What's your favorite playset? Maybe Ford America, but that's also a vehicle, and that ours kind of sucks. <laughs> I I picked up a Ford America Kentuckiana, and that's another first for me. And I was blown away by how very, it's just so very unusual. I watched the commercial for it because I didn't understand what it was supposed to look like. We usually have two of them because one of them totally sucks. Yeah, it's like all busted or incomplete. Well, it doesn't have the missiles and stuff. And it can't raise and stuff. You have to like turn it a little so it'll stay up when it's raised. Because mm. we don't have a rubber band. It disintegrated. Uh, I've got a lot of stuff like that or it doesn't. It's all, It doesn't. None of my his tank turns work. And How? Every single his tank turret I own works. Really? That's uncommon. When I was shopping for them, they were all priced with, like, broken turret. And I watched a bunch of, like, tutorials on getting them repaired. And there are, I guess there are easy fixes for it. Like, you could just wrap tape around it and it makes it tighter or something. I'm kind of getting into that, the, like, repair part of it. We're trying to fix. You never even had to repair stuff. So, Ford America, potentially favorite playset slash other vehicle. Tell me something. Actually, what's the what's the one thing you guys have in your collection that's like your favorite thing? It can be a figure, a vehicle, anything. Certain slaughter. My sealed V1 US Thin <laughs> USA Sergeant Slaughter. Do you guys are you normally into variants or is it only because it's Sarge that you're really into it? Well, if we find a variant, we'll probably get it. Yeah. But we're not like actively chasing every single variant. Do you have an awareness of what you guys are missing or do you just let your dad kind of do all the legwork on that checklist i know a lot of what we're missing yeah dad did something with um our sealed carded exclusive i think he was toys r us i might not be right maybe he was target mm -hmm. or walmart or something but it was a hit and run exclusive that came with a parachute and it was carded and that was the apparently the only gear except for the foreign and tiger force one uh equipment that we have <laughs> so now we need a whole new set of equipment because i think dad sold that or something i don't know it's interesting to me how in-depth with that stuff that you get you your knowledge base for stuff like that already exceeds what well, i would not know if i was looking right at it i wouldn't know Hit and, uh, I only know like basic stuff like what hit run looks like, what his file card says, what he normally comes with. And that's about as much as my brain can handle. If you can get two cards, you can tell if one's the exclusive and one's not. Because the bubble would be bigger. All right, to call to hold the parachute. Yeah, and it'll say like Toys R Us on it or something. Yeah, it doesn't matter. If I see one card, I automatically know I can't afford it. So... <laughs> Hey, it's only like a hundred bucks. Yeah, sure, only a hundred bucks. <laughs> That's so cheap. So cheap. I made that in like two weeks <laughs> for doing chores. You might, you might have better income than I do. Maybe I'll come work for you. You can pay. No, seriously. You pay me half of that. I'll do your work. You get cut on the. You get cut in on the profits. I only have seven dollars right now. I spent that all on a mask rhino. I'll take three fifty. <laughs> I don't even have. I don't even have 10 bucks. <laughs> Join the club, buddy. We're all very poor here. And I only get 25 cents a tour. Oh, that's that's a racket right At there. least it was in the fall where I can rake, which gives me like $2. My, I don't get any money. I have to do chores, and my wife doesn't pay me anything, which I think is bogus. <laughs> maybe, I'll, maybe I'll let you talk to her and see if you can convince her. Give credit.
make money. That's what I'm talking about. What's on your want list? Is there something that you're like, this is the next thing I want? Um, there was some vehicle that was never made. That was like, oh, I remember. A Resol... No, not Resolute. A Renegade's Major Blood Car. A Renegade's Major Blood Car. Is that like the sports car? Yeah, it's like a sports car with missiles. Yeah. A machine gun, which has a grenade launcher in the center of it. Hmm. You could get like a custom made of it, maybe. Yeah, but it was never released. Was it on? Was it in development, or are they like planning on releasing it? I don't know. It's just something you saw that you want. Yeah. I I feel that way about that Cobra Chopper that everybody loves, the one that's like a big oh, transport. Oh yeah. I've wanted one of those forever. Yeah, and people would make customs. Yeah, and I've seen people make customs of that specific helicopter because it's so popular. I just I've never bought a custom vehicle before. I don't really know what to like. How expensive is it going to be? Or, or do I have to get the parts myself? Blah, 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 blah. Mm-mm. Jaren got a custom vamp made that was pretty cool. It was kind of simple, but it was when he was first got started. It has like a Stinger rocket launcher in the back, but it's the military green, like the original vamp. It's And it has like a spare tire right on the front. It's pretty cool for a minimal amount of work. Do you have a lot? Of, have you created a lot of characters for your G.I. Joe universe? You make like a lot of... I know you... I know... I remember when your dad was organizing his stuff. You guys had a bunch of, like, scrap irons, and you'd made, like, a scrap iron army. Does that sound right? Yeah, but both of my super iron vipers. Do you make a lot of characters in squads like that, or do you typically just kind of work with what is already in the universe? Look at my custom bed. Is that, like, your stuff to be made or stuff that's already made? Um, Custom figures that I've already made. Yeah, I, uh, I have a lot of stuff like that, too. Looking around just near my desk, I've got a lot of customs. Um, you know those Atari cases for G.I. Joe? Mm-hmm. I have one completely crammed, no trays, like almost overflowing. The top is bending up. <laughs> like, this is the bottom, mm-hmm. and, like, this is the top, but here's the top of the, uh, case. Uh-huh. This is the actual ground level, uh-huh. but this is the top of the case. <laughs> it's literally stuffed to its maximum, I have that many custom figures that I made from body parts. Do you, how much, do you like give them a code name, you give them a backstory, you put them into the universe? Yeah. Yeah, I do, I like to mess around with a lot of that as well. I'm not as good as painting as I used to be, so I try to not paint a whole lot if I don't have to. I don't even paint these guys. Yeah, that's kind of how I am. Plus, if you don't put any paint on them, they're a lot more playable, and I like that. Yeah, and plus, one of my custom figures has a paint error head oh. of a figure we don't even have. <laughs> a 93 paint error duke head where they didn't paint his face. Do you guys think you'll ever finish your collection? Do you think you'll ever, or do you think you'll just always be trying to get the next thing? I honestly have no idea. <laughs> if we had one of everything, we probably would be pretty close. But Yeah, I know you guys collect kind of in a, Maybe not multiples, but I know he has a goal of a set to play with and a goal to kind of keep preserved. I literally have six V1 Heat Vipers, and we only own one V2 Heat Viper, and it's in display. Oh. Is there, do you guys have a lot of stuff that's not for play, like stuff that you only have the one of? Or if you were like, I got a crucial mission going on, I need a Heat Viper V2, would he be like, yeah, all right, you can play with it just this once? I don't know. I honestly haven't asked. Turn around and ask him right now. Ask him if you can play with the, the one Heat Viper V2 that you have. Heat if I needed crucial, if I had a crucial mission where I needed Heat Viper 
Me too, can I play with Andy Play one? <laughs> Craig heard you. <laughs> it's Greg's fault, I yeah. I think I'm I'm gonna say that's a no. I'm gonna say if he's if you've only got one, you don't have a play one with, you're not allowed to mess with it. Do you guys have a lot of figures like that that you're like not? We only have like three or four. That's pretty good in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, there's V two Night Creeper Leader. There's V two Heat Viper. There's the green mail away V2 mold Deep Six. Hmm. Yeah, I've got one of those. So technically Deep Six V4 and like maybe one other. I'm really impressed a with your overall knowledge of like GI Joe stuff. A lot of people don't know off the top of their head like this version or this mail away. I mean variants excluded. It's interesting to see how much you've learned about the the craft in general, like the hobby. I'm better at, like, specific figures. Not, like, their equipment, but, like, the figure itself mm. up to 90. Which, no one hate me, but my favorite year is 90. <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I do think it starts to go downhill a little bit from there. A lot of the cooler figures in, are in the 90s. I was collecting right up until the Star Brigade stuff started. I was buying DEF when it came out, and I have tons of eco-warrior stuff that I love. I just repaired a Toxo yeah. lab this week. Cool. So, yeah, so I collected pretty, almost right up until the end of the line. I collected, like, I started, I got in just a little after it started, and I quit just before it, before they did, basically. This is a pretty good timeline. It helped that I bought all that stuff when it was coming out, and then I never, I really didn't get rid of a lot of that stuff. So a lot of the stuff that's in my collection now is the stuff that I bought as a kid. It's only had one owner. Me. It also means that a lot of those figures were already incomplete because I lost tons of stuff when I played with them as a kid. Um, my Tomax and Zayma are the ones that my dad played with as a kid. I think those are some of the best figures, honestly. The ones that you've had your whole life are cool. My Serpentor's Air Chariot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think even the Serpentor. It's gotten a little blurry over the years as I've upgraded my collection, but there are still figures that I'll pull out and be like, this is the one I had as a kid. My very first G.I. Joe was Airborne, and... I still have that airborne. He's not in great shape, but I'm like, you were the, you were the start of it all. Ah, ah. my sacred. The god figure. <laughs> it was the god figure. All right, hey, well, I think that probably does it, and because we want to cram all this into our regular episode as well, uh, so I don't want to go on too long. Is there anything that you wanted to talk about while you're? Is, is this the first time you've ever been on a a non order of battle show? Does it count YouTube? I count YouTube. I've been on Fun School Ronnie's channel. Who? On YouTube. Fun School Ronnie. Fun School Ronnie. Was they, I assume, only does fun school stuff? What did you guys talk about? It was some sort of thing where we were doing a shark. Oh, it was Cobra Convergence. Ah, okay. We were we uh, made a video of us shooting our shark missiles for the 92 <laughs> eels. We actually have a pre-production one of those. Yes, I've heard all about the insane collecting habits of a madman. <laughs> we have 80 sharks and, like, we need more tails, but we can't find any sharks without... We can't find any tails that aren't part of a shark, and that's just getting us nowhere. Sounds like you should just give it up. No. All right, A, thanks so much for taking time out of your day to come and talk to us. Next time, we'll try to get Jaren here because you guys are so close to the same age. I know you get along real well. <laughs> something and i'm 10 yeah he's like he's probably got to be at least 14 right he's like 30 that's what he gets he's not here to defend himself so it makes him an easy target 
All right, buddy. We're all done. So let me, this is a question for everybody, but looking, I'm specifically, I'm surprised at all the stuff that Jaron has in his background that was unopened. And we were talking about that right as we were getting starting to record. This is something that is another struggle for me as well. But do you guys find yourself with too much of the same stuff? Like, uh, like if you open this closet behind me, there's like probably seven of those his tanks that came out in the retro wave. And (laughs) that's just, I mean, the tip of the iceberg. I find myself sometimes collecting with no goal in mind, just that I have excessively need things that are created. I'll, uh, I'll chime in first because I got a lot to say. Yes. <laughs> um, so Comfy. <laughs> I will buy anything 118 scale. And if I find something that I like that is outside of the brand that I think is cool, I will buy as many as I can find. You know, a, a good example is five, six years ago at Ollie's, they had one of the weird, like, I don't know how it works, but it was like half Chatme, half the core, Lenard. Like, it was these weird like crossover i don't know whatever but it came with a throwaway figure and this like semi-realistic drone and like big like like real world drone with this cool little like launcher vehicle and this is where my psychosis comes in is so i see i see it and i'm like and it was at ollie's for like five or ten bucks and i'm like okay i'm gonna get that that drone is cool i'll use some uh acetone and get like the stupid paint off it that says like you know sentinel one or hero force or whatever you know whatever it was and i open it up and i'm like man this drone is awesome this little vehicle is awesome and then in the corner there's this little rubber net and this little rubber net completely outshined everything in the box and i went back and i bought five or six of them over the next two weeks for these rubber nets now (laughs) take that and you add in army building you add in the scarcity of modern G.I. Joe. So, like, when 50th anniversary was at Toys R Us, I would buy every single thing I could find. I I think I had, at one point, like, 60 to 70 of the Steel Brigade Iron Grenadier 2-packs. I mean, like... Sorry, sorry. How many? 60 to 70 of the (laughs) 2-packs. Wow! You said it, and it just went straight through my brain, like, it was normal. (laughs) And then no, it, I had to stop and be like, that's not normal. Wait a that minute. That was a whiplash effect. Wow. <laughs> so now, to, to be fair, I would go in and, you know, when they I, I pre-ordered the full way from Big Bad Toy Store because it was somehow like a minor joint release with Toys R Us. But then I would go in and I was not, I didn't have as much fun money as I have now back then. So I would go in and I would prioritize whatever they had. There was two Toys R Uses in my city and I would bounce back and forth. And I would prioritize, you know, with the gung-ho pack with the the Shadow Crimson Guard. I was like, man, I really, I don't need 20 gung-hos, but I would love a lot of these Crimson Guard figures. And it got to the point where they dropped the price, and then they were getting cases of just that pack. So I would go in, and they were marked down to $10, and they'd have five at a shot. So I would just say, I would look around, and I'd be like, well, there's no way I'm leaving these at $10 a pop. (laughs) There's no one here to judge me. <laughs> to, to the point that I would go in, like, say it was like a Wednesday, and I was like seriously living paycheck to paycheck. So, like, Wednesday, middle of the week, my account was looking not good. I would go in, I would go in on a Wednesday, there'd be five, and I'd be like, 
I hope there's at least one when I come back on Friday. I'd come back Friday, there'd be ten. <laughs> so I would I would burn up all of my fun money and a little bit more for the week. Mm. Uh, you know, and I would and I would take as many as I could get. And and then when they went down to the next phase of clearance, you know, it was like at that point it was like, screw it. <laughs> if it's here and it's on clearance, it's coming home. They'll take it all. So yes, I I am planning on moving semi soon and I am, am going to slowly start packing up my collection room. And I'm when I move, I'm going through all of the stuff I have in my attic that is just bins and bins and bins and bins, jam-packed with carded figures. And I'm going to start clearing out a lot of stuff because I kind of hit the point where I would go to Joe Fest, like my, my first and second Joe Fest that I went to, I would go with a, a huge wad of cash. And I am so obsessed with hunting and finding deals that I would come home with bags of figures I already had because mm. the deal was good. So, I, you know, it hit a point where I was like, okay, I have a lot of modern Cobra Troopers, like a lot. And I was like, I don't need to come back with another 15, regardless <laughs> of the price, with the exception, with the exception of the Black Dollar General Trooper. If I see that for a good deal, I will buy as many as I can ever find. I don't care. But I was very proud of myself the last two Joe Fests that I went to because I made it an actual point to stop myself. Like I, I had handfuls of troop builders that I have, you know, 20 to 30 of already. And I was like, all right, no, 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 no. I have to stop. Let's use that money on a more expensive figure that I don't have that I like because prices are just climbing. There is nothing like a fiscally reckless collector to figure <laughs> out that one thing of ramen noodle and one thing of... Campbell's vegetable beef makes a full meal. <laughs> I I have a hundred percent lived that life. When I when I lived on my own in my house, it would be that was like a regular occurrence where I would go and there'd be a new wave and I'd buy the whole new wave and then that would be like that's it, buddy. If you're gonna eat whatever you got, it's saltine dinner. You know what yeah. I mean? So, but I, so I guess my question now is, do you how much is too much? Do you have a number now where you're like 10 of these guys, 20 of these guys, 30 of these guys? For me, it just depends on the build of the figure. So with so actually, Classified's a perfect example. I'm hot and cold with 6-inch. When Classified first hit, I was going, I was trying to go as buck wild as I could possibly go. I think I have like somewhere between 5 and 10 Red Ninjas. I don't remember offhand. Then Cobra Island hit, and it was, like, hard and difficult and frustrating. And I, I managed to find two at retail of the Cobra Trooper. And then they announced, you know, the repaint Trooper. And, you know, Jason and I were going back and forth. Kind of the same fatigue where it's like we're both chasing other sizes of G.I. Joe that are more expensive that we like better. I mean, in terms, not necessarily that we don't like, but just that's what we're used to and what we love the most is the, the three and three quarter and the four inch scale. So... I tried to set a cap of five for if I'm doing a troop builder, but you know, Target fixes their system, and then all of a sudden, you know, I can order one through Hasbro Pulse, I can order one through Target, and then you know, Nicole can order one through Target, and then my friend can order one from Target, my coworking <laughs> can order one from Target, and then all of a sudden now, in this blur of those like two or three weeks where they kept adding and unadding and adding and unadding, I ended up with like another six Cobra Troopers and as many Vipers <laughs> as I could get. So I don't know. I guess I sit here and try to tell you that I have gained some sort of self-control, but <laughs> <laughs> I haven't ordered any more of the standard Cobra Infantry figure. And I guess 
<laughs> I don't know. I guess because the Cover Island stuff was so scarce when it was available, I, I said, I better jump or I'm never going to get it again. I fell for the same thing. It was, you were like, suddenly like, oh man, finally Major Blood's available. I'll take him. But I have one to open and I have one to keep sealed. So I'm literally just like, what? That's not even a treat builder. It's just <laughs> another regular guy. And so my whole, my collection is suddenly like, I have three Baronesses with motorcycle. That makes no sense at all. It's just taking up room. And room is like right now, my most precious commodity is that I'm suddenly looking at all this stuff that's in my closet thinking, how much of this stuff do I really need? What's the justification for keeping it? When have I hit the point of too much? And I'm pretty good about cleaning out kind of regularly, but there's still always stuff that is just kind of like there that I just can't, for some reason, can't justify getting rid of or something mentally doesn't, won't let me get rid of it. I have one thing to throw in on your, on what you had said about the price of figures and taking them off the card and with that line that line for me or what i at least so far like i found a pythona carded at like a local junk store and i i wound up getting her for about 13 dollars. oh wow because i did a huge bundle deal and the guy was just like the more you add the price keeps going down the price keeps going down so i bought this figure and it, when i bought her and got her for 14 dollars, she was already a hundred bucks and I don't necessarily have a crazy connection to Pythona. I think it's a really cool figure. And I think it's like probably one of the club's best free figures. Um, or not, but you know, incentive figures. Right. But for me, I won't open her until I have a reason to. So if, if I eventually get around to trying to create something where I feel I need her, then I'll cut her off the card. But until then, she's in a star case in a bin in my attic. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of my mentality with troop building also is that when 25th started, I was like buying bats, buying crimson cards, buying vipers. And I thought someday I'll be making a diorama and I'll open them then. Well, it's been 10, 15 years since then that are still sitting in my closet on a hook like this great project's going to manifest someday where I'm going to need five more bats. I don't know. I want to I come back to something you said in a minute, Joel. But before I do that, Jason, do you uh, same concept. Do you when you're doing troop building? The, is a kind of in charge of that do you guys scoop up a bunch of like vipers or heat viper version twos or is he fine just how it is it varies we have so some of the some of the more expensive troop builders we might have two or three some of the cheaper ones we might have five or six it just sort of varies and then if there's something that he's hyper into then i'll chase it uh, he got really hyper into scrap iron, which is not a troop builder, but he decided he wanted to turn scrap iron into a troop builder. So he has his scrap iron and then all the other scrap irons are his iron guard. And so we ended up with, I don't know, 10, 12 scrap irons. I'm not even sure how many rocket launchers and missiles and et cetera, but there's, you know, at least 10 complete scrap irons and then et cetera number of accessory pack scrap iron things and it was simply because he was like hey this would be a cool troop builder if i turned it into this other thing outside of that it it varies from figure to figure the only troop builder that we've gone legitimately gone ham on is the 92 and fun school eels and that's more me than him because of the shark. Speaking of mental illness, everybody, check this guy out. 
Yes, talk about that man. Don't mention badgers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jaron, we'll not talk about Night Creeper V2. <laughs> oh. Everybody's got their something. <laughs> right there. Hey, Night, it's my boy. Night Creeper V2's all right. All right, so That's my boy. let me double back, Joel, to something that you said when you were talking about just a minute ago, that when you bought that Pythona, you didn't like feel a strong need to open it, and you didn't have like a strong attachment to that character. Do you find, as somebody that really is a modern and forward collector, that there are a lot of characters like that that you don't really like know the history about, or do you require on... Is there another form of media that influences figures that you want or buy now really it comes down to the toy for me i if i like the toy you know or if i like the if i like the character or if i like the idea of the character i mean you and i have talked about this privately but the club has made a lot of weird characters that would have never made it in the standard line Mm -hmm. and a lot of those in my opinion specifically what what time frame they were released you know they demand a very high premium and, you know, I open everything or I would prefer to have everything loose so I can open it and, and fiddle with it. A lot of those figures for me, probably because I don't have the same nostalgic connection as a lot of other people, um, I can try to make my own out of Marauder or existing Hasbro stuff. I, like, I won't pay crazy dollars for a figure that I feel doesn't have the articulation the articulation to warrant the price tag and a lot of that i'm lucky in that sense because i don't have the nostalgic connection to a lot of these that someone like you has where you know because you've been you've been with the brand for a long time and through various changes of joe's so you know and i think it's cool that you hunt down those things that's also a head scratcher to me in the same time but i also you know it's i guess yes the short answer for your question is i'm weird where i can skip and not skip certain things. I, I paid a good penny for Footloose, and I probably could have eventually just made my own, but for whatever reason, that was one that I wanted. Don't know why, but I had to have it. Do you Have you ever picked up a figure that, premium or not, that has made you, like the figure is so good, you become interested in the character, like maybe you weren't aware of them before? Definitely, I started and then fell off with Guillotine. Yeah. I think the club's guillotine is like one of their best, like Frank and Joe's. Period. Mm-hmm. I do wish he had different hands, but hey, you can't have everything. <laughs> uh, I mean, he just has ninja hands, so it does like he can't really hold the stuff that he comes with. <laughs> you know, actually, a lot of the the club's like action force stuff kind of really did that for me. And I mean, some of those figures aren't that great. Some of them are good, but just the, I guess, just because they are like. When I say foreign, I mean literally foreign. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I, I kind of like the, the element of being able to look at some of these characters and kind of read the file card and then kind of put my own spin on it until I eventually read through, you know, 1 through 155 <laughs> of the comics and then can decide which characters I like more than other characters. Yeah, I'm a, I am fall victim to this a lot. When the FSS and concepts come out and they they'll basically make a brand new character that has no backstory at all. It might be in the little comic book that they include. Those are some of my favorite characters because they're like usually a pretty decent figure, usually like a baseline of a good idea. And then they're just like, you guys fill in the other details. Uh, Crimson Asp is a perfect example of a figure that I really like and has absolutely no like history. You've got a file card and you've got that little book that came with the set and that's it. So I do like stuff like that a lot. Coils of Doom to kind of bounce off of that that figure i built a whole squad for him yeah absolutely. you know like that <laughs> that figure has a very bad backstory <laughs> yeah, yeah, a bad code name and a bad backstory but a cool figure that's always the best of the modern stuff part of where 
I get lost with modern is I don't need 17 remakes of what I already have in the vintage line. Yeah, they definitely, even my modern collection, which is, I mean, at this point, pretty expansive. There's still some holes in it where you're literally like, this is almost exactly the same figure that just came out in the last. So I I would skip some stuff and I don't feel bad about it at all because I still have a boatload of modern figures that resemble other modern figures in the collection. Jaron, I forgot your question. What's the question that you were... I gave you one question. Yeah, well, I showed up on time, and so... You did. <laughs> so, Rachel, Sorry that I waited over an hour for a ride that lasted two seconds. Do you want to save it for the Patreon feed? Do you want to ask, uh, <laughs> ask them your question? Yeah, we'll save it for Patreon. No. Um, so this is going to be a little difficult, and if you don't have an answer, that's fine. But if you were kidnapped, and you, had to, and, and you got to choose the Joes that went and saved you... Who would it be? Maybe a four-man squad, or if you had one dude that you're like, nah, he's got it. Who kidnapped us? This is your pop psych question. Who kidnapped us? Oh, I mean, if it, if it's who kidnapped you, it, it's it's a cartel. The cartel has you. Oh, so it's not Cobra. It's just a cartel. Yeah, that way they can come in guns blazing if they want to, and we don't. Have well, to I mean, if it's a cartel, then you're talking about DEF because they're built for cartels. But um, <laughs> <laughs> you got something, Joel? All right, it's gonna be Tunnel Rat. Outback, Stalker, we'll go Snake Eyes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Cartel. The Cartel's got it. man. Evidently, that was what I didn't expect. Uh, Chuckles, Shockwave, Scarlet, and honestly, that would probably do it. But you always have to have a ninja, so we can throw in Snake Eyes just because you always have to have a ninja. <laughs> He's literally on every mission everywhere. He's I saving mean, you both in two separate parts at the same exact time. You don't need him. Like You could do Storm Shadow or Jinx or... But yeah, Chuckles, if it's a cartel, Chuckles, Shockwave, Scarlet would be the startup. And then you could always throw in a heavy weapons person. You know, I'm, I'm going to take Roblox anywhere yeah. or the ninja or, you know, literally anyone at that point. I love that both of you guys are just like, I've got three and snake eyes. I mean, you can, I feel like that's how, as, as an outsider, I feel like that's how a lot of the stories are. They're like, well, we're going to have the team doing this and then snake eyes. <laughs> hey, you got to sell the book somehow, man. <laughs> well i mean and you said cartel that's what threw me off not the not the being kidnapped not the four-man team yeah you're prepared for that you were ready for but all cartel that. i'm like all right so are we in real lindo or are we <laughs> this is this is my favorite thing with jason is when you ask him any sort of gi joe centric question because he is like the paper file guy that he is like everybody else just kind of goes for like i'm like okay well i just like outback stalker's badass <laughs> you know <laughs> but jason's like all right hold on a second let me let me hit pause here mentally he's like okay they're cartel i'm gonna need my inside guy that's chuckles clearly all right <laughs> so I, I, I need shockwave because you know he's obviously the guy that's gonna bust through the door you know scarlet can do it all so we'll throw her in for good measure and you know and it's just like <laughs> There's been so many times I've I've just tried to ask him just a stupid question and it's like I'm always amazed by his response because it's so it's so Joe scientific to the point of like it's beautiful it, it's it's so much fun and it's and it's also great because if I'm like trying to build a figure or something I'll just casually ask him something and then I can, generally I can gear the figure out based on his response. That's awesome. I like rewriting the file cards. I like reimagining the figures. I like, my art isn't good enough to show you pictures, but I like doodling new costumes. Like, we have Snake Eyes 
from all the way from 82 and 85. I don't need seven versions of him again. Like I like the classified, the two versions of classified, but I don't need that again. I have that already. I've had that for 40 years. I like the new weird stuff. So yes, this is something that I do quite often just on my own. I think, I mean, you, we, I think we all have a running sort of amalgamation of, you know, file card, cartoon, comic book, whatever else. Uh, so I think it, think it's part of the fun is that reimagining yeah for me like the cartoon is candy but if you want my what is gi joe i looked at the comic books and the file cards uh the cartoon really does not influence outside of i think bazooka and alpine are a beautiful couple but that's strictly cartoon Outside of that, I really don't use the cartoon as any sort of basis on what G.I. Joe is. I like to lean into the cartoon when I am writing something that's a little bit more far-fetched because I don't want to let go of that universe. But it's because it things like Cobra Law, which is a very controversial concept in the G.I. Joe universe, is still like suddenly there's there's nothing you can write that's not, that's not fair if you want vampires i mean who am i to argue there's a guy with a snake tail you know what i mean like it as it really <laughs> opened up the door of what you could kind of throw in the universe and it would stick before before cobra law i mean there was still like destro has cthulhu in the in his basement i mean sure i mean when i when i was like like again a little later in life kid buying these spy troops in valor versus venom i would read the file cards I would watch the discs, but then really, like, I mean, I knew, I knew obviously Snake Eyes, Duke, I, I knew who the core people were. I mean, I, I had seen a handful of Sunbow episodes as well, but I mean, like, I kind of just, like, that Dusty figure for me was, like, one of my main dudes just based on the gear. But, like, I mean, Snake Eyes was always Snake Eyes, and he was always, like, you know, the silent assassin ninja, and I, I loved him just as much as this specific Dusty figure, but I just harp on this figure because his gear made him like the main dude in my playtime. It had it had nothing to do with the file card. I read it and in, in like I understood that he was a desert specialist, but he came with a you know a, well I guess he technically didn't come with the ghillie suit, but I put the ghillie suit with him <laughs> and he was jungle. He was desert. He was everything. I mean and and now when I'm doing stuff now, I just kind of get more hyper excited about gearing figures out and then making little. My own little sub teams with existing characters. I mean, I listened to the Full Force read cover one of you know the Battle Action Force comics, and they talk about Snake Eyes in a jungle setting. And I know I knew listening to it that it's Snake Eyes in black, but I came home and built a Snake Eyes in jungle green and kitted him out specifically for the jungle. And that is kind of a one of my favorite things about being a modern collector is a lot of the times they really did give us you know the core team or fringe characters in specific outfit and gears that you know that you wouldn't necessarily get anywhere else guys thanks so much for joining us today um if our listeners were listening to this episode and they wanted to i don't know hear about another hour worth of this content where do you think they could go to find that full force (laughs) (laughs) no they won't let me on over there (laughs) we're at the order of battle podcast that's right, Order of Battle podcast, which is where we're also going to be in the second part of this exciting Crisis on Infinite podcast crossover. Guys, where can they find you on social media? I'm on Twitter at Order of Battle PD, and then Joel is at on Instagram at Order of Battle Pod. We have Order of Battle uh, Pod dot com, which just leads us to the Audio Boom link for our website, and we're at 
Order of Battle Pod at gmail.com. Great. So if you obviously if you guys haven't listened to Order of Battle at this point, it's we literally probably drop the name almost every single episode. There's there's literally nothing. You literally have no reason to not have listened to it by now. But if by some reason that you haven't, you now have the best reason of all because I will be on it in the next episode. <laughs> so long as your PayPal goes through. What? Well, it's, it's <laughs> pending. It's hey, pending. this is the crossover event no one asked for and nobody That's wanted right. but us. It's an infinite crossover involving exactly two shows. It's, <laughs> it goes on forever. You can find us online at Anything Joe's Pod. That's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can email us directly at anythingjoespodcast at gmail.com. And we want to thank you so much for joining us for this episode. This has been a lot of fun, and I think that these like casual conversations are probably some of the best types of conversations in the G.I. Joe universe, like just people just kind of exploring the many different avenues of the G.I. Joe uh, hobby. Uh, and that's going to do it for us today. Thanks so much for listening, and we look forward to hearing from you in just two short weeks where anything's available for discussion here on Anything Joe's.